Welcome to episode 28 of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast, where each week for roughly five months, we've read through a stack of classic Moon Knight comics, then gotten together and talked about the characters, villains, and stories with an eye towards how these stories may connect to the Disney Plus Moon Knight show. Over that time, we've discussed comic history, comic reading, and other Moon Knight related news, and hopefully had a been a bit of entertainment for you while we've been doing all this. My name is Dwayne, and with me, as always, is my good buddy Dan. Dan, welcome. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, everybody. Going to be a big, fun show. This is going to be cool. Get to go back and look over all these books and reflect a bit. Yeah, it's weird. We we've made it to the end. This this week we are going to wrap it up. The entire. Uh, we're going to reflect on the entire 45-year history of Moon Knight, let you know who our favorite characters were, what our most memorable storylines were, the villains we loved to hate. We're also going to talk a little bit more about the joys and sorrows of starting a podcast, and we're going to let you know what we're planning on doing uh, now that we've reviewed, finished that review of Moon Knight. So we've got a lot to cover, and I think it's going to be a really great discussion but, Dan, do you want to catch us up on any Moon Knight uh, comic book news or anything that might be going on that we should be covering you know, first? Sure. Love, luckily, it's blissfully relatively quiet right now because I think we're going to yeah. need all the time we can get this week. Uh, but there's no new comics coming out this week. Uh, we've had no real announcements or anything like that lately as far as the future of the show. But don't lose hope. Uh, Moon Knight... Black, White, and Blood number two is coming out in a couple weeks uh, on June 15th. Moon Knight number 12 releases on June 22nd. That's one that, for those of you who are up to date with current issues of Moon Knight, we are waiting on pins and needles to find out what's going on with that one. Uh, and Marvel, of course, could greenlight season two of Moon Knight at any time. So don't let down your guards. Yes. But as of right now, there's not a whole lot going on, which leaves us free to just talk about the other... 400 and some comic books that we want <laughs> So you're saying we'll have something to talk about yeah, in the interim. Gotcha, not gotcha, worried. gotcha. All right, so, I mean, I guess the stack is everything, right? What is, what is the stack for this week? We have a lot here. <laughs> and we're not going to give you the synopsis of each of these, like all the oh, stories God, or anything no. like that. We've done that. You can go back and listen to the episodes at... at and we talk about each story in in particular, each run in particular. Uh, we just want to talk from a high level standpoint of what it's been like over the last twenty seven episodes to 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 talk about these comic books. Yep, it, I do have a two minute synopsis coming for them. So, oh, yes, I am technically yes. reviewing all of these books, but uh, okay, might be glossing over some of the details a little bit. So. So do you want to talk about what it's been like to to do this podcast? I, I think just from a from the standpoint of uh, peeking behind the curtain a little bit, it's kind of interesting. You you've never done a podcast before, so this was your your first time. Absolutely not. I am just kind of I, I've been listening to him for years, and it kind of interested me. I knew you'd been doing a podcast for a while, so right. I'm like, hey, let's give this a try. 
I could never have realized how much work this was, uh, or how much fun <laughs> yeah. it was as well. Yes, it, it, there's a it lot is a lot it. of fun, mm-hmm. but there it, it feels like there's a lot to do, and then it, on top of like the work of getting through the material each week, it was you know trying to pull together information and different things like that. That uh, I think. Um, I think it was, it was interesting, and I think we found our footing, af- like as we were doing this, right? I I don't think we had where we no. ended up here at the end, no. where we started, and, and I think it got better as we went through this and got more experience doing this. But but yeah, I you you, you mentioned the other day if we went back and listened to episode one, we'd probably cringe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we. I have might. gone back and listened to episode one, and I cringed. It, it very much is, it very much is something where we've learned a lot. I think it's been really interesting to sort of see how the format has changed, how the way we approach preparing for the show has changed, all that sort of stuff. It's also interesting how much this show has changed the way I feel about the comics because i don't think i ever thought about them as much so that that's been interesting too but but yeah it's been really interesting cool having people kind of send in notes on what they liked and what they didn't like and we kind of adjust as we go along and everything else so how about how about the negative side Dwayne? what uh, what was the dark side of podcasting for this first uh, this first return here well i i think that so it was I difficult. It, it it was it was difficult. I think coming up with the format, and, and that's why it took us episodes and practice to get into it. And so, like how we how we built an episode evolved as we were doing it. And and I don't know how you go about figuring that out beforehand, right? That's, I don't know how we would have arrived at that. And that's something that I've got a note here basically says how do tv pilots do it right if you watch an episode of brooklyn 99 the first episode to the last they all just kind of you know cheers the first episode to the last that you watch the first episode of cheers and it's cheers and i'm like how did they just do that out of the gate somehow (laughs) yeah you know it's really difficult and obviously they're highly paid and that's the reason they get emmys and stuff like that but it, it was not as easy for us to kind of figure out how to organize things, how much time to use on things, how much time to spend reviewing a book. I also yep. think that, you know, for you, the fact that you've now got two weekly podcasts you're doing, the, the ability to stick to a schedule and go, we're going to do this, and we're going to get it done within a reasonable amount of time, is also something that uh, has taken, taken some time. But... Yeah. We we had we had a couple episodes that we recorded that were really long, <laughs> and yes. and we did not want to subject you all to really long episodes, and so it, the the editing down and, and being more succinct and 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 figuring out what the right thing to say was or yeah. what the most important things to say were and just leaving everything else kind of at the door i think was was a lot of a, a lot of growth over the over the course of the, the show as well i also think that one thing that 
I'm hoping to return to that kind of got lost as we moved through and especially as we started focusing more on the TV show was the comic history side of it where early on yeah. I think I spent a lot more time talking about developments in the industry that mirrored what was going on in the Moon Knight books and stuff like that and that sort of fell by the wayside a little bit and that is something that I, I really wish we hadn't lost because I think that was something that a number of people had written in saying they enjoyed. So we're going to try and return to that as we, uh, as we maybe move on to other things. So Yes. And, and you had a special note uh, to the, the people that messaged in. You, you talked about it briefly, but it was, it was very... It was so f much fun getting messages from people and yep. seeing, you know, going in and reading and hearing people's thoughts and, and you know, sharing pictures and, and different things like that. It was... It, it was so great great to, to see the feedback that we got uh, through the course of the podcast. Yep. It's, uh, podcasting is like TV or radio. We cannot see who's out there, right? So uh, it's great getting that feedback. Really, really very appreciated. I guess the only other thing to say is just that, you know, we, we set out to do one thing, which is read all the Moon Knight comics, watch the television show, and see kind of... If you like this crazy character who I've been following for years and that you'd never heard of before, basically, yeah. I called and asked about it. And in the end, it turns out not only did you uh, did you, you end up liking it, you're now buying Moon Knight comics and you're as invested as anybody probably has any good right to be in, in this, in this <laughs> Moon Knight dude. So I, I think that's been really a lot of fun. And yeah. from my viewpoint as a comic reader who's already out there, I think that it encourages me to tell other comic readers, if you know people you think might be interested in the hobby, it is really interesting how much I think some of us think comics are are like inaccessible to new people because it's something we've been taught our whole lives. That comics are something that not a lot of people are interested in. But, you know, the the barrier to entry in comics is actually really low. If, if we put down all of our, our nonsense about Watchmen and, and all this being art, you know, this is a medium that was specifically designed to be accessible to like five-year-olds, right? And it picks up easy. And what I loved was you went from, how do I read the panels on a comic, literally, in the first couple of yeah. episodes, right? To essentially starting to make really interesting observations about the way different artists did things and and moving directly into a lot of the higher level appreciation of comics and it just let me know that everybody can love these things and it doesn't take 30 years of getting used to them you just have to put them out for people and, and have a comic series that's interesting and then maybe spend a little bit of time making sure that they're not lost yeah, I think I think having the guy, having you as a guide to kind of walk me through the early Moon Nights was a, a huge help because there there was a lot of text, there was a lot of panels, there was a lot of, I think, things that you learn how to read a comic book that you just sort of pick up on that a, a new reader doesn't necessarily know firsthand. What you know? Why are why are why does this talk, talk bubble, or what order do I read the talking? And mm -hmm. like, what does this mean when there's color around the text box and 
and, and that sort of thing. It was stuff like that was was difficult early on, but it is it once I once I knew what I was doing, once I had an idea, once I had seen it before, then it then it got to be a lot easier. There you go. So, so all you out there, go uh, go find somebody who doesn't read comics, give them some comics you think they'd like, and then be the, be their person in the chair, kind of like uh, you know every everybody's all the superheroes have that person sitting at the computer uh, to to kind of help them get going. So, I think that's about that. Uh, let's ready to talk some Moon Knight. Get uh, get into our actual review. So I have a two minute story so far. So if anybody asks you what's happened in the last 45 years of Moon Knight, here, here we go. You, you ready for this, Dwayne? Sure. So, bring it on. All right. Over the past 45 years, a lot has happened to Moon Knight. We watched Mark Spector die in the desert and then be reborn, or so it seems, through the intervention of the Egyptian god Khonshu. He then proceeded to use his military training and ill-gotten mercenary fortune to become a vigilante, a philanthropist, and a cabbie. Along with his pilot, Jean-Paul, don't call me Frenchie Duchamp, Moon Knight fought an array of interesting villains, mortally wounding an uncomfortable percentage of them, before eventually coming to terms with his past, saving his father's corpse from being possessed, and ending his first volume content as he flew off into comics retirement with Marlene. Sadly, this sort of happy ending almost never lasts in the comics. A series of unretirements, a couple of deaths, or so it seems, and several retcons later, we find Mark a broken man with serious physical and psychological scars. He's extremely violent, depressed, and lonely, but when his friends are threatened, he gets it together, wreaks some havoc, and then takes some time away in Mexico and California. Eventually, he returns to New York. We find out his old aliases, Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant, are in fact dissociative identities created by childhood trauma, and Moon Knight begins to focus on his own inner conflicts and problems, even as he continues his crime-fighting adventures. Along the way, Khonshu does a heel turn, Moon Knight becomes like unto a god himself, and somehow he avoids prison after trying to help Khonshu take over the world. At present, Moon Knight slash Mr. Knight has found a community to watch over, a group of friends, and a certain level of internal peace, both with his past and with his altars. Of course, now we get to see how long that lasts, as it appears one Jed McKay may be about to screw it all up for him again. <laughs> there we go, Dwayne. That's that's a that's a pretty pretty nice review of of everything that we've read over the last five months. I like that. That's that's our man Moon Knight in a in a nutshell. So it was really a lot of fun going back through these and looking at them, seeing how different writers and artists have interpreted the character. Kind of just seeing all of these these crazy sort of like U turns and right turns and left turns that the characters taken and. I'd even read them before, and it was still dizzying. I assume it had to have been a little bit crazy for you. It it, it was quite a ride. I, uh, like like you like you said before, I have, was completely unfamiliar with this character before we started this, and so it has been a, literally a new experience every time I picked up a book. And and, it, and it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been there's been some some really good stuff. There's been some not so great stuff. But o overall, I think it was a really a really interesting journey. Actually, it was really really cool. There you go. So 
I'm going to start out with probably the toughest question we're going to have, and then we're going to go into our our Oscars type awards and all the rest. Uh huh. You've been through all of this. Someone asks you, "Who is Moon Knight? Who's Moon Knight? What's he about?" <laughs> uh, I so. So I think that actually Oscar Isaac did the best job of answering this question. You know, somebody asked him, "Is is Moon Knight a hero?" And they and he said, "He's he's a guy that does heroic things." That that's that really does kind of resonate with me. Moon Knight is this really complex character, in which there was a lot more depth than like. I was expecting actually because it, you you look at where he started which was basically this for hire mercenary sent out to to capture jack russell in werewolf by night and and it just it just built and, and got more interesting once we we got mention sinkevich brought in these different uh you know altars and stuff and and it looked like it was just sort of just you know this guy in disguise but uh, you know as we found out later there there was more to it than that and i i feel like this is one of the most complex characters i've ever seen as far as a superhero superhero character goes whether you're talking about in a movie or, or tv show and and that complexity i think actually shows because there were writers and artists that i just don't think knew how to tell a good story with this character and specifically Absolutely. the Avengers uh, every time he was put in an Avenger group it was a mistake it, it really was he, he always got lost and and it just didn't make sense that he was there the, we had crossover books where there was like maybe one other hero that he was working with those were far better than Avenger, you know the bigger spectacle Avenger books but Moon Knight is to me a hero, but I, I think you've got a better a better uh, answer as to who Moon Knight is or what Moon Knight is. I don't know about better, but I think that to me the key element of Moon Knight is he's a guy who in his life he's earlier in his life he did some bad things. You know, he, he started out life as a mercenary, he'd had problems with you know fighting with his dad and everything else he's got all sorts of things he regrets in life and he's spending now his time trying to redeem himself mm -hmm. uh, he's trying to essentially learn to live with himself and accept himself and his past and his actions and you know the the weird thing is there's always this comparison to Batman and I think that the key difference that that makes it very obvious he's not Batman is that Moon Knight is driven by completely different things. Bruce Wayne is driven to costume vigilantism by the murder of his parents and by his decision to try and essentially avenge his parents and prevent what someone did to his family from happening to other people. Mm -hmm. Whereas Moon Knight is driven by his own sins and the murders he himself has committed to try and prevent people who are like the man he used to be from doing terrible things to other people and the problem is that while his idea of you know he wants to be a force for good 
But the problem is that most of his talents come from punching people and hurting people. So right. when you know, when when your only tool is what I say, when your only tool is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. That's the way yeah. he tries to make the world better is yeah. is by vigilantism and violence. Um, but really, he is somebody who's through the entire the entirety of the character. He's been about trying to redeem not only himself. But in a lot of cases, the other people that he is catching, like there, there have been periods where he just beats people up. But there's also been a number of times where the character has been very interested in trying to find ways to help redeem people or to stop them from going farther down paths that, that lead towards violence or crime. And right. yeah, so I, I think he's a he is really a very deep character, but there's a... There are definite threads going through them that are strong, and yeah. So, yeah, Moon Knight's a lot of things, and then <laughs> and then in recent years, you know the the fact that we start dealing with DID um, is important uh, for a lot of folks. The fact that this is one of the only uh, like Jewish super superheroes is very important. So there's a lot of other things as well in terms of who Moon Knight is, but for me. I think it's it's he's that guy who's trying to somehow make up for his past. That's kind of the thing that defines him. Right. So, all right, our next category: favorite supporting characters. Who you got for me, Dwayne? It's, Who are your favorite supporting it, characters? It, it starts with Jean Paul. It, it starts with Jean Paul. I don't I I don't know how you have uh, this discussion without him. At leading the pack, he has been his confidant since even before he became Moon Knight, and and it is somebody that I immediately once we have a new new uh, you know volume of Moon Knight, that's the character I kind of look for, and and it's noticeable when he's not there, and, sure. and I and it's it's amazing to me just how important that character is because he he doesn't seem like there's a lot there necessarily we did get some books that kind of explored him a little bit uh, some of them actually quite quite well i think but yeah he he is he is i think the most important character i, I loved crowley i actually kind of like detective flint a little bit he was not somebody that was used a yep. ton but i liked i liked how he was used and, and to be honest, I, I really like how they've used some of the other heroes that he's interacted with. And I, and I specifically think of Jack Russell, the, yep. the werewolf by night. I, I, I seem to like every time those two characters are together. I really liked Echo when I, when I saw her in, yep. in the Bendis run. So there so there was there was like these characters that we saw all the time and like jean paul in like crowley and detective flint a little less so but then like we'd see echo and jack russell occasionally but i i just i liked that there was a big group of supporting characters that went with this character and not just this lone vigilante that goes out and just beats people up yep and, uh that's an excellent list i had uh I had, I think, in some ways, for as limited as his usage has been, Crawley is just one of my favorite. He's a, a very odd character, but somebody I <laughs> yes. always enjoy seeing. Um, yeah. John Paul obviously is going to be up there, and 
And you know, as somebody who gets substantial character development over the years, you know, we see him kind of move um, from being sort of just this guy who's always in the chopper to being more active, and then he's he's got that storyline where he becomes like a, a, a member of the bloodline and all the rest. So he gets to actually get some powers and do some crazy stuff. He's constantly being broken, and then yeah. he's got the storyline where he finally comes out as gay, and we meet you know other characters where we meet like his boyfriend and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of stuff that they really develop that character over time, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. In which I think is a, a pretty good sort of mirror to some of the characters we'll look at in the, the work most poorly used, where they don't really yeah. get that kind of development over time. Uh, I also think that Reese from the new series has rapidly become one of my favorite Moon Knight supporting characters. Uh, sure. Very interesting character. So, so let's go into that worst area. Who... Uh, <laughs> Who didn't you think they used as well as they should? Oh, poor Marlene. I mean, really, she deserved so much better. And we got to see in the TV show what that character could be, right? We, we saw, like, you know, even if you went halfway to where, to where Layla ended up by the end of the TV show, I think you would have had an infinitely better Marlene in the comics than we got, right? It just, it felt like there was, there was just nothing there. And like, there, even the times where, where she was doing things to try and help out, it just, it felt almost comical a little bit that she was doing these things. And, it, and like, you didn't, take her helping seriously and it and it's disappointing because that character could have been so much more and we and we saw what kind of thing it could be that that to me jumps out definitely is the first thing and then gina and the boys i think are are were underutilized or misutilized i think during during like the initial volume Mm -hmm. run and like (laughs) having these two boys go and and potentially, uh, you know, un- uncover. You're still worked up about them being sent to the casino to like yeah. to actually be murdered yeah. by some guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unwise. we did see, we did see one of them become, uh, you know, Mark slash Moon Knight's pilot later on, but Very just temporarily. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just the fact that it was basically like every time you saw Gina, it was you know. Moon Knight, how's the how how are the boys? And they, like she always mentioned the boys, and and like there was no real development of her character at all. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting that you you went with Marlene first because that actually everything you said is exactly where I'm at with that one. I I'm pretty sure also that if we hadn't watched the TV show, neither of us may have had Marlene on our worst characters list. It didn't. It didn't. Maybe. Maybe we still would have, because it was still not done well. Yeah. But but I think that it really crystallized for me just how mismanaged Marlene was as a character in the comic books. When you see what someone with the same basic history and skills is able to do, actually given a little bit of a chance for some agency, and so in the in the comics, Marlene is, you know. Oftentimes she's running around in like a you know a, a nighty in the in the bedroom waiting for Moon Knight. She is 
if she's fighting, she's doing it for some reason in a bikini with like a, you know, a machine gun or something like this. I think you're correct that there's, there weren't a lot of times where she was given a really good story and then having her eventually end up getting pregnant by Jake sort of off camera and having that just sort of appear as a, a plot point, I don't think was a particularly good way to bring the character back in either. So it's just, yeah, Marlene, Marlene is a character that I think a lot could have been done a lot better with. I will also say that you've got, you've got Echo on one of your favorite supporting characters. I put her on this as a worst or most poorly used supporting character because mm -hmm. having a hero who'd been developed and I'd seen in Daredevil for years and everything come in, end up having to blow her cover because Moon Knight's a moron and then yeah. ends up dead in like three issues... She was used so poorly that quite literally the rest of the Marvel Universe decided to simply ignore the fact that the comics ever even existed and just brought her back to life with no, no explanation a few years later. So I really don't know what happened there. I, I, don't, I don't think that the character was used necessarily very well. I just liked the, the fact that those kinds of characters played a role and did a, a good job in until she got until she got murdered needlessly by Nefaria yeah. like late in the game I think that the Echo and and Moon Knight interaction was yeah. one of the more interesting ones we've seen and Bendis does that a lot he's really good at writing character parts and character interactions and yeah it was one of the more healthy relationships with another hero or uh, or with a female that we'd seen Moon Knight have during the entire run, probably. Yeah, I mean, like even in in the current in the current run, Tigra again, I think is actually portrayed quite well and, yep. and plays a a good supporting role for our for our main character, and and that that's I guess where I where I'm coming yes. from when I talk about Echo, whether or not yep. you know that how that story ended up you know treating the character i guess probably yes. probably not so great how will it change your opinion if jed mckay murders tigra next issue <laughs> some sort of oh God, unnecessary no. plot point oh, I, I i i don't know i, I don't be, know what i would be say. very angry let's just I would, I, yeah i probably <laughs> i would be angry as well so let's uh, let's move on to favorite adversaries so I can probably start on one of these. I think yeah. in retrospect, and this is not what I would have expected myself to say, I sure. think in retrospect, Black Spectre comes out to me as probably the best actual Moon Knight adversary. And the weird thing is that usually it's sort of, somehow or another, a, a hero is defined by their, their negative to a certain extent. And the fact that you have Moon Knight, essentially a white a white-dressed character whose last name is Spectre facing off against a guy whose name is Black Spectre. It's uh -huh. obvious that when Doug Mensch made this guy, he was sort of the anti-Moon Knight. And he's somebody who, you know, he also had father issues, but his decision once he made a lot of money was to use that money to try and take over the town. Still had the idea he was going to do good things. Mm -hmm. But his way of doing it was even more questionable than the way Moon Knight was <laughs> doing things. 
right? And uh-huh. I, I actually think there was a number of times where he came in and the stories with him were interesting. And so there's a lot of other characters I really like. There's also a lot of characters I think got killed off or, you know, or they would have been my favorite. I, I loved Lupinar. I would have, I would have happily seen Lupinar come back many times, but uh-huh. he lasted one story. So that doesn't do us much good. Um, and then my other is the Zapata brothers, just sort of for fun. I think they were, they were thoroughly entertaining. Yes, I enjoyed them. Yes, that they were arguably that best, the best part of that whole Mexico story. Yep. Was, I think was, so. Was, was them? Uh, I like you know if I had to pick an uh, an adversary I liked the most, or I think that was the most interesting and well well done was Morpheus, and yep. I just guy scares me to death (laughs) like literally Uh, that was a just a horror character i think in in there and and just very well done the like the 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 abilities and that just i think it it seemed like it was an insurmountable task every time moon knight went up against him yet somehow he still managed to to, and the artists did a great job they had really tremendous artists for doing that sort of horror stuff. So it always looked great, too. Yes, exactly. I, I totally agree with you on Black Spectre. I think that is a, a really great character. And Stained Glass Scarlet still resonates. I, I don't yeah, know if you absolutely. actually classify her as an adversary necessarily. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but I definitely think that, 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 that she falls in there, especially the, the early appearances uh, that that uh, that mention Sinkevich did, I think I think later on gets a little weird, but Scarlet was great. Midnight Man was good, and and even I think I mean we have to talk about Bushman a little bit, don't we? So that Bushman's not the number one on this list is weird to me, yeah, because he is absolutely the primary sort of longtime villain of Moon Knight. He's come back repeatedly. He's a focal point of a couple of the big, uh, you know, the bigger story arcs. But they really never did a particularly great job of expanding that character the way they could, especially with the fact that, you know, this is a character who Moon Knight knew when he was younger. They could have they could have done so many things with him. And instead, he just sort of got got less fearsome and and sort of like lazier and, and older and just lost his edge over the years. To where in the yeah. end, he's just basically like, man, Moon Knight messed me up. I don't even want to face this guy. Um, I just... I think when I when I first read Moon Knight, the first few years, I thought Bushman was a, a really amazing villain. But they agree. have... And he probably is, if you talk about just, you know, the biggest villain in many ways, most of the characters that Moon Knight faces are kind of gray in their motivations or, you know, like... Um, like somebody like Morpheus has kind of been driven a little bit crazy just by the... The drugs he was given. Bushman's just a bad guy. So if you yeah. just want the baddest guy, um, you know, even even somebody like Sun King is 
he's got a couple of, of more redeeming elements to him. Bushman is just bad. But but yeah, it is weird that he's not number one on the list of adversaries for me. So yeah, I like. <laughs> I I I remember back to that divided we fall book, and and thinking that that book like his his plan of like basically taking down everyone around him yep. and then him having to basically be responsible for it before he gets taken down i remember thinking man if this was the character that we were getting you know repeatedly Re- this, regularly this is, yeah this is this is the evil guy right this is the this yep. is the big bad adversary that you that you would not put anything past and and he has not really been that guy and as you point out the the scale and maybe this transitions well into kind of the worst or poorly used adversaries they they just got kind of progressively more yep. just worse and worse is. with bushman in the early, like in, in Volume 1, Bushman had a lot of really good stories. And Black Spectre started out as kind of a little bit less impressive. And so mm-hmm. it's actually, I think, that just Spectre has continued to be dangerous and had a couple good storylines. Whereas, as far as I can tell, yeah, Bushman's just gotten less interesting over time. So, um, But there's a bunch of other ones. You know, Rand Spectre, obviously, has been a, a repeated thorn in his yeah. side um the profile is kind of a an odd character uh sun king uh not only midnight man but midnight uh, and now zodiac from the current run who i think will launch up this but we have to we have to see his nefarious plan completely unfold before we can we can determine exactly where he he sits on that list so how about how about we go to the other end of actually worst or most poorly used. Yeah. I don't think you can beat me on this one, by the way. I've, no, I've got I've got the two worst that you can possibly you, have. You you did you do nail <laughs> nail them. I re- specifically when when you brought up this category, yeah, Nimrod Strange was the one that that immediately jumped to mind. That was such such a dare. I I remember loathing those yeah, books you, because of him. You went off and, on Ninrod Strange. You were not happy with I that did guy. not so, did not let's, like him. Let us talk of him no more. But uh yes. yeah. So he's he's terrible. Um Ernst, I actually think that that the introduction of that character and then especially the way later on he was brought in with the society to Sadiq and all the rest. Yeah. Uh just has kind of a uh a nasty sort of taste about it. I, I really don't like that storyline. I'm glad they changed it in the um, in the TV show to, to something different in terms of how his DID origin came about. And then, just because he's such a big deal in the TV show, mm-hmm. Arthur Harrow, not much of a, uh, of a villain in the comics to hang your hat on for a, a television show. So, would you, would you say that there's... How much Arthur Harrow from the comic, the one comic we got, do you see in the television show? Uh, outside of sharing a name, I don't really see much of anything else from, from the, pain. the comic. In the, He's yeah. got the pain. Yeah. But that's, I guess there's that. But even then, I think he had like a 
more of a you know no there's there's very little there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very little there anybody else I, I, any other any other uh sadly no just, just it, it was just strange and then bushman i was i have been i was just really disappointed by bushman's last appearance and, and would like to see him come back again at some point and be more like the original bushman and be that evil adversary that that i think he was initially intended to be very cool all right so let's go take a look at some of the creators and the like here um favorite artists what's who are your favorite artists on uh, on moon Knight, sir so i i um volume five finch Sure. Early, early, early on in that those those resonated with me more than I think any any of the other books did. It, it just I I really really liked the look and the feel of the of those of those books and and just yep. yeah I, I I just really liked those and then uh, Mark Teixeira from volume four doing the high strangers i just I, I liked that cell shading sort of artwork style uh and it was unexpected going into it because i i you know we've seen a bunch of different artists before that point but i hadn't seen anything like that before and i knew that you know that was kind of based on comic books that because again there was a a video game I really liked called 13 that took that style of art and and this was this was that to me or it felt very similar to that for me and and it was it was um very I was like oh hey this looks this was pre reading comic books Dwayne appreciating something comic book stylish and then now I'm actually seeing it as I'm reading comics so that was nice and and the current run actually i think is really really beautiful and real uh capuccio yep. is doing a very nice job with both moon knight as well as like uh all the supporting cast and and just like the locales and things i think they i think they look great in fact you went through this entire thing without trying to pronounce the word sinkevich makes me just <laughs> terribly sad i'm just going to note that no he is of course he's of course moon knight's defining artist for me and and i yes. get where you're coming from i like that you know finch is spectacular Teixeira actually is in many ways he he sort of has a style i've liked for a long time because he came out of that same neil adams school and like um it's astonishing to me and i did not realize when we started this review just how many fantastic artists have drawn Moon Knight over the years. Like, having not sampled from the the abyss that is much of the Marvel, like, monthly content, I don't think it's possible to understand just how lucky this character's been over the years that we really saw very little bad art. And much of it was fantastic. But Sienkiewicz, and especially the late part of his run on volume one probably issues like 15 to 30 or so that for me is the best moon knight art of all time 
Um, I also love a lot of Declan Shelby's stuff, where he kind of moved the character forward and defined more sort of that that very clean white look and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, Finch, of course, Smallwood, Opeña from the Vengeance of the Moon Knight books. I really liked his stuff a lot. Maleev is spectacular. There was that one run in Secret Avengers we read, we read where like there was an all-star artist five in a row. <laughs> yeah. And then and then as you mentioned, Capuccio is just knocking out of the park with the current books. They are yeah. absolutely fantastic. So yeah, it's it's crazy. So for me, Sinkevich is, is my favorite artist who's on this, but Sinkevich is also my favorite artist. So because of that, yeah. it's really kind of a stat deck. Uh, in some yeah. ways, the reason I fell in love with Moon Knight is because this guy was on the book when I was a kid, right? Right. So, there we go. A lot of good stuff, though. If you if you're interested in just great art, um, Moon Knight is the place to go. How about favorite writers? What do you got for us there, sir? I, f- I feel like I'm stealing your thunder in that I'm kind of I, I I'm in agreement with you on. On the people that stand out it starts with Mensch because he created this character and he he did a lot of the the like world building as it were mm-hmm. uh, for this character and, and everything about him and I I really I I, I think it I think that it starts and ends <laughs> kind of with him in, in, yep. in a lot of ways I, it, it does it it's it's so important to have that foundation and even coming back to uh when he came back i think he's the only one that could have resurrected moon knight after af- after yeah. he got killed in mark specter moon knight yeah. uh and bring it back in in a decent way and so it, it's a, by just a, ignoring he, that anything had happened yeah. since he stopped writing it the first time which yeah yeah you've, you've got to have Probably, some authority on the character to do that yeah uh charlie houston yeah is definitely i i think you know when we talk about our our, our top runs you he, he 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 there was a turning point right there for me and and mm-hmm. it was it was unexpected and very welcomed uh lemire who did the Welcome to New Egypt, which I could not understand when we initially read it. I think you have to respect like the direction of the character from a psychological level once he started to become involved with the character. And nope. I think he got even more complex and even more interesting. And, and the fact that, he, that that run was used as as basically a huge building block for the TV show uh, tells you all that you need to know as far as just how important uh, he was as, a, as an artist uh, or as a writer to, to this character. And, and yeah, Jed McKay, Jed McKay is doing, doing a really fantastic run right now that I, I cannot wait to, to see it. It's like each one of these guys, like, you just didn't want to see them stop writing the character because of how good a job they did. Yep. And and really, I mean, the guys you've, you've indicated, the reason for me that I have them as my favorite writers is they're the ones that took the character in a new direction that stuck. You know, the Mensch essentially 
created him and gave almost all of the, the primary characteristics of Moon Knight to Moon Knight. Houston sort of did almost like a White Knight Returns type of thing where he resurrects the character for the new grittier sort of world in a way where it's more psychological and it's obviously more violent. But I think that also sort of gave us the building blocks then for Lemire to come in and really sort of start dealing with you know, like dissociative identity and trying to to actually look at some of these psychological things a, a little bit more realistically and, and giving it a, a little bit more respect. And each of them, you can almost see like a turning point in the character. Uh, and then McKay now, yeah, is just, as far as it goes, he seems to have this fantastic understanding of the history, not only of of Moon Knight, but really of almost all the Marvel characters he brings in. And mm -hmm. he, he brings in all these Easter eggs from before, but I just have this real confidence that this is a guy who understands who Moon Knight is and he's got a plan for him and that this is going to be one of the, you know, one of the writers we're really going to, to look to as somebody who did something important with the character. Yeah. All right. So, we're, we're going on to best single issue, which uh, this is basically the whole history of Moon Knight. <clears throat> you got one comic that you can show somebody and say, this is Moon Knight. And obviously that's hard, because some of them are, you yeah. know, now six issue runs. You got one comic right. to show people. What do you go for? So, the, the one I would give out would be Moon Knight Volume 1, issue number 24. Uh, it's called Scarlet Moon Knight. It is the second appearance of Sanglass Scarlet. Um, Moon Knight goes after Scarlet because she declares herself, quote, a one-woman war on crime, focusing on the syndicate. So she's killing off mobsters and stuff. And you had this, this kind of discussion between Moon Knight and Scarlet about whether or not what she's doing is right and and whether or not she should be even doing it. And, uh, you know, Moon Knight is going back and forth on this. He asks Marlene about it. It ultimately tries to stop her at her next, next attack, only to then basically help her get to the guy she's trying to kill and lets her kill him. Like, mm -hmm. he's in the room, could stop her, and doesn't. And then ultimately allows her to escape onto a onto a train, if I remember yep. right. Jumps on uh, a train. Yeah. And and it just I don't know. I, I liked Stained Glass Scarlet and I liked Moon Knight and the fact that you had like these discussions about like I'm killing bad guys, so if is what I'm doing worse than what they're doing and shouldn't we be trying to stop them and if my my bad thing to a bad guy and ultimately leads to some good isn't it worth doing and it just there's a complexity and just sort of the kind of the complex ideas that that you kind of face in real life that i i assumed that they would be talking about in comics but it just it was my first time really seeing something like that and so it like it raised the whole bar as to what comics could be for me uh, after reading that book and and so I that that was like the single best issue to me cool 
And then you have an honorable mention that we should talk about a little bit because it's the only time we're going to talk about Volume 2 other than, you know, sort of yes. knocking Arthur Harrow occasionally. So what, <laughs> yeah. what do you got for us there? So the my honorable mention is actually the last book in Volume 2. It's called The Last White Knight. Uh, this was a story about a customs agent, Lenora Good. Lenora sells him out for some drugs and then gets a crisis of conscience about it, then goes back and saves Moon Knight before he something bad happens to him. But then kind of as a post-mortem of this whole story, we have like one of this remaining member cult members goes and kills Lenora Good. And, no. uh, you know, Moon Knight isn't quite able to get there fast enough to stop that, but ends up, you know scaring the guy right out the window uh, he, he accidentally kills him because that's yeah. what he does yeah it, it's interesting because so, this is not necessarily even so much a moon knight story it's really the story of this agent lenora good and yeah. uh but yeah it's fantastic and it's it's drawn by mark beecham who is just an unbelievable illustrator as well he i think this is the only moon knight story he ever did but he absolutely crushed it brilliant like moody and dark and it's got very much this this gothic feel to it and yeah really great stuff yeah i i i it, it is it, it's more of the it's a great story not just it's a great comic book it's just it's yep. a good story and even though it, it it falls under the kind of the this you could kind of see this all playing out this way it it still ends up being a very good story no yep. so what what about you? What is what is the issue that you're giving people? I I absolutely love again from volume one. It's Moon Knight number twenty six. The the front story is called Hit It, uh, and it is just the first time that Bill Sienkiewicz just basically is unshackled onto the world and. Um, Essentially, the art in this is this crazy swirling thing. It's got all sorts of images of like rock and jazz icons in the background and music almost like made made manifest with, with like notes going across the page and stuff like that. It's also got this infusion of childish drawings and red crayon, most of them that are really violent. Uh, mm -hmm. Christy Scheele was doing colors and this is absolutely spectacular. Kind of manages the mood perfectly. Uh, story is going to swing from this reflective sort of thing and childhood memories into violence. Uh, Mench's script is actually really powerful, kind of understated, because he sort of gets out of the way and lets Sienkiewicz tell most of the story just through images. Um, but it's a really powerful story, kind of about the vicious cycle of child abuse, uh, and ends up being this kinetic meditation, sort of on violence uses big panels, multi-page spreads. It almost is like a, a storytelling in a dream state type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that most makes it a Moon Knight story is that it's a, it's about Moon Knight chasing this guy who's gone in, he's just committed murder and then ran away and is hiding in a church. And he's threatening the priest when Moon Knight tracks him down. And Moon Knight tries to disarm him or disarms him and then tries to take him in and the guy's like you're gonna have to hit me and he's like i don't want to hit you anymore you know he's he's trying to not perpetuate more of this because he understands this guy is already a victim of violence 
and eventually he just cannot find any other way so eventually he ends up clocking the guy and it it, it almost is like a perfect example of how Moon Knight continues to try to find other ways but in the end again violence is sort of his recourse that's how he solves problems and even when he's trying not to the world sort of forces him to so I think it's it's right. not only an absolutely gorgeous story but is a quintessential Moon Knight story as well so yeah good stuff yeah, I like that it, it's interesting so so close together like that too and and from the same yeah. from the same original volume and that I, I yeah I don't I don't want to take away from you know you talked about me not mentioning Sienkiewicz in my favorite artist he he is by far he, he's it was it was really assumed good. it was assumed yes I'm yeah a... yeah I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have just left no him you off see you did list. you did the right thing because then you you uh you know you enraged me and caused us to have conflict, <laughs> which is exactly what's go. supposed to happen on these podcasts so so what is, so what is your so what is your favorite cover then if, if we're taught we, we went we went talk about basically the favorite book favorite artist favorite writer what what's what favorite cover so we did this in an interesting way because we just decided to do this near the end and i think both of us just went with the cover that was the first thing that we thought of when mm -hmm. you say what's what's your favorite moon knight cover and for me that's moon knight number 24 the one you just said was your favorite book which is a it's the the stained glass scarlet and it's the Sienkiewicz cover that has sort of him in the background with her then standing in the foreground and it's almost a completely blood red cover with sort of Scarlet's dress sort of disappearing into the background you've got this stained glass window back there as well it's just yeah. an amazingly iconic cover but that is, it, it's just got all of those elements of being really striking. Uh, Moon Knight's kind of hunched over and angry in the background. And I, I just love it. So. Yeah, no, so. it's a, it's a very, very cool cover. And ha having just reread book 24 uh, in the last couple go. days leading up to this, trying to find my best single issue i i distinctly remember that cover and it was it was quite well done and you have another one that comes from a series we're not talking a lot about so yeah i, I mean there, to me there was only one cover that just stood out more than anything else and it was and i i tweeted about it i i talked about this at great detail when we when we got to the issue and it's Mark Spector, Moon Knight number fifty nine. It's Stephen Platt. Stephen Platt, and it is, it is just so cool. It is a black image with Mark Spector, Moon Knight, murderer in red, yep. kind of almost over part of the 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 night part of it, and you have this just muscle bound. You know, Mark Spector in the Moon Knight costume, no face, no cowl on, no no face mask on, and he is, you know, beaten up. He he is ripped apart, and he is holding the body of Jean Paul in his arms. Yep. Uh, you know, like like you see in any sort of action movie, like he has just died as the result of 
Mark Spector's uh, actions, and it is, I don't know, I, I, I have seen this cover in person before I had read the issue, and I think I desperately want to go find a physical copy of this oh, issue, because it is... Oh, no, no, no. I cannot think about Moon Knight and covers of uh, of books without thinking of this one. And it's the first one that comes to my mind every time. That one might not be as expensive as some of the other ones because it's later, but no. it's not cheap. That's, no. Yeah, not not cheap. But yes, it is, it is beautiful. It is so absolutely over-the-top 1990s comic books, too. I mean, his... His chest is the size of like a van, and <laughs> yeah. he's, he has he has no neck. What I also love is that when Platt did it, there are an awful lot of times where you see this sort of thing: the hero standing with someone, where they homage back to or or just steal from the original George Perez cover from Crisis and Infinite where you've got like um, Supergirl kind of died in that issue, and Superman standing there holding her, and He's kind of got them in the same pose, but he's turned it like three quarter. So instead, you've got you've got a profile kind of of Moon Knight, and then and then Frenchie sort of just draped there in his arms. But yeah, it's it's a really bold cover too, because the entire background is just black. You've got the murderer going across it. It's a it is a really it is a really yeah. cool cover. That word murder is the only thing that's read on the entire cover. And so it just explodes off the page, and yep. and it is it is so so memorable. Yep. And and as a note, there probably are people out there who are, like you know, a bit younger than me, who are as incensed about the fact that I didn't mention Platt as one of my favorite artists of Moon Knight as I would be if someone didn't mention Sienkiewicz because he was, you know, on the, the probably what less than ten books. But his art was really cool and was something that, you know, of of the artists who were on there, uh, he definitely made a pretty significant impression with it. Uh, yeah. Those books are now extremely valuable and extremely sought after. So it's, it's great stuff. All right, so that takes us to where we now have to actually talk about the, the sort of big list. What are our actual yeah. top five each runs or sort of like uh, like stories. So first off, I think you had you had an honorable mention, and I did as well. So yeah. I'll go with mine. I've got uh, in actually Moon Knight Volume Seven. There was a story by Brian Wood and and Smallwood, um, which I call the Dictator and the Therapist. But it's a story where there's a general who essentially comes to the UN and there's an attempt to assassinate him and it turns out that right. Moon Knight's therapist is involved in this and that in fact she was sort of the daughter of the previous leader of the country. And there's a lot going on in that one and I found it really interesting. So that's that's my uh, that's my honorable mention. How about you? Which one did you uh, have as essentially number six? So I want to talk about the I think it's the early issues, the first few issues of Volume 7, which was uh, Ellis yep. and, and Declan Shelby, because I I can... 
Mr. Knight has become very important to kind of the whole Moon Knight essence for me. Yep. And and it I I think it would be doing a disservice to not at least acknowledge the fact that this is a really important part of that character now. And it didn't make sense to me before we saw Mr. Knight as to just how important it was going to be. But I have found myself like, he's really important. And, and, and I, you know, the, the discussion about, you know, how why he's called mr knight i think in the first book it was basically well if we call him moon knight then we have to arrest him so this is concerned <laughs> citizen mr knight who is going to be helping us with these you know with these homicides that are going on and so it's convoluted but at the same time i i i can't imagine that you know mark specter moon knight Nope. without mr knight anymore and so it, at the very least it needs to be an honorable mention on this because of how important mr knight is to to the character for me all right and then i'm going to i'll, I'll do my list first so you can have the last word on this so i'm gonna <laughs> oh no i'm going to uh my 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 top five other than that uh, in fifth place i would go with actually the lemire runs um Welcome to New Egypt, Incarnations, and Birth and Death. I liked them all a lot, but there was enough about them that that was sort of, especially as you were <clears throat> as you were going through and reading them, was kind of like, what in the world's going on here? Um, I liked it. I like some of the other ones better. Uh, oddly enough, I've actually got Moon Knight Volume Three, the Resurrection War books by Mensch and Tommy Lee Edwards as my number four. Uh, that was an interesting one because it's another where, I think when we finished talking about them, my last comment was, I'm not really sure whether any of this actually happened. Did he get resurrected or was it all just Morpheus all along? And, you know, it was Mensch doing what Mensch does, which is writing really well these stories that, that kind of have that little bit of horror, have that little bit of, of mystery to them. It was just a really satisfying series. Um, then Houston Finch. I still love these books. As we move along, I think I, I realized that maybe some of the things that he did in terms of turning the character into this, you know, crazed psychopath might actually be something that, uh, that now we're having to recover from a little bit. But man, did I love these comic books when they came out. And they look beautiful. And I still love these comic books. Um, in second place, I'm going to put the McKay current run. McKay and Capuccio. Uh, the Mission series and everything past it has exceeded all expectations. Absolutely love these books. And at the top, Moon Knight Volume 1, the Mensch and Kevich books that basically are... I imprinted on Moon Knight on, and the the greatest series ever. Like McKay could write Moon Knight better than anyone has ever written it, and they could make something that is the best comic series ever created, objectively. And they would still be stuck in second place, being mentioned <laughs> in my world. So I apologize to anyone wanting like you know objective rankings. I don't know I'm capable of that. So there we go. What do you got for us? What are your top five, sir? 
So number five actually starts with volume six, which is the Bendis Maliv uh, story. I think it was like 12 or 14 issues, something like that. Yep. Uh, you know, it that was the one where the altars were replaced with Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine yep. for some ungodly reason. Bendis uh, being Bendis. Yep. Yeah, I... I, I I just I liked the story. I liked Echo. I I didn't I, I don't I don't like how it ended up to kind of disrespecting uh, dissociative identity disorder and the alters that had been established for the character before that point. But I just the the, the like the the dialogue between the characters in there, I think the story was interesting, just the kind of uh, different groups that we saw in there i just yep. i really liked liked the story and it, it felt big but not too big right it, it, it's like it was like the avengers books but it wasn't a mess like the avengers books ended up becoming and, and it felt like it felt it, it felt like moon knight was important and oh. and and so I, I I I still like them, and we'll probably go back and read them again at some point. I I would not be surprised too that Bendis has a distinct writing style that is really attractive, and if you haven't read a thousand Bendis books already, it seems probably super fresh. Once you've yeah. read a bunch of Bendis it's less so. So these will probably always be favorite books of yours because they'll be your first introduction to that writing style. And it mm -hmm. is really, he's, he's a really engaging writer. Um, right. And Maliv, I mean, yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Those were actually pretty entertaining. So, so number four for me is volume eight, the Lemire Smallwood run, the entire sure. run, like you talked about, Welcome New Egypt, Incarnations, Birth and Death. It's, uh, actually has moved up this list and into the top five specifically because of its uh, tie into the TV show and being such a important part of the TV show. I mean, I, I, I still don't entirely know that I understand what was going on during the books themselves, but the fact that they uh, had these just deep connections to the TV show now, I, I just appreciate them so much more and so they, yep. they have jumped up into this top top uh, five number three is your volume one your your top choice with mentions and kevich start to finish if you're looking for an entire volume of moon knight books that are great this is the, this is your this is your set i uh, this is an entire volume one to thirty i think is just an amazing set of books and i mean my favorite single issue comes from here you know sinkevich is amazing mensch is my you know favorite art art uh author writer um it just it it there's a reason you have it one and and i it was my number one until a few weeks ago and you know when we talked about when we talked about this uh a few weeks ago Number two, I actually have your exact number two, which is the current volume, volume nine, with McKay and Capuccio. I, I just, I really like 
how this story is going and we don't know where it ends um but i don't want it to end mm -hmm. so it's like i i think that speaks volumes as to as to how much i i i like this volume and and, yep. and why it's rated this highly and even it's, though it's still ongoing i mean we've got 11 issues which is more than some of the other entire volumes that are listed on this so it's a it's yeah. a pretty good sample at this point to know yeah yeah exactly and my number one is actually volume five uh from 2006 charlie houston david finch and then the other who finch did the first eight books and then it was because so i am that yep. did nine through 13 so i'm specifically talking about the, the Charlie Houston run of Volume 5. There was... I liked this character until that series, and then I loved this character. It, <laughs> it, it was it was that... It, I, I, I don't like... The, I, like, the... Vo, the um, I'm not necessarily big into the ultraviolence that was shown in this, but... And I've talked about this before. I like seeing consequences to actions. And, and I feel like the whole idea of him coming back after doing this for so long and seeing him as this broken man, this alcoholic that, that nobody likes or wants to deal with, I think makes a lot of sense given what we had seen up until that point. And, and so I just, I really liked how dark that looked and just and that there were consequences to to all these things that he was doing and so yeah i fully bought into the character then at that point there you go awesome so looks like four of the five houston mckay mensch and lemire uh, are on both of our lists so mm -hmm. there you go and uh yeah so i think that probably uh if a person just kind of looked out at, at general popularity of these. For the most part, uh, a lot of those same names would appear in a lot of people's lists. Although, obviously, different tastes and the like. But, that's some good comics. Really some good stuff. But, there we go. So that is our wrap-up, I guess, as far as wrapping up how things went. Um, we have a few things that... We still wanted to talk about some listener mail, uh, and then we're going to talk about what's next. So, Dwayne, you want to lead us into that? Yeah, so we, we put the call out asking for some thoughts on the comic book uh, run uh, to, to share during the during this wrap-up episode. We got a couple emails that I want, want to share with you. Uh, we got a fantastic email from, from Lena talking about... Uh, the comic book run uh, and specifically I think from a from a DID lens and, and how and how they viewed these and and I really appreciated some of the comments that were made um, said volume one was the favorite volumes purely from an artistic standpoint Doug mentions writing was superb and seeing Sinkevich evolve from a very talented Neil Adams clone which he himself has admitted to someone truly unique in the world of comic book art was amazing um talked about specifically at issue 27 in that volume 
that was written by a Stephen Grant, sure. a Marvel employee, not the alter. <laughs> said the issue was so-so as far as the actual plot, just the standard good cop, dirty cop story with a twist ending that wasn't really that much of a surprise. But the interesting thing to me was the narration in which the alter Stephen Grant was talking about his feelings and the other alters and described how they interact with each other to get the job done as Moon Knight. It was very realistic in the ways in which alters in a DID system interact with each other. I think this issue might be the only one that I like a lot more as a DID portrayal than as a comic book story. Really, really liked oh, this email. There is a, a lot here, and I probably could have read this whole thing to you, and it, it would have been worth your time. But yes, definitely seek out uh, some of Lena's writings on the uh, Into the Night podcast website there, where yep. where they talk about about this topic in gr much greater detail. We, we also had an email from Mo. Thank you, Mo, for, for reaching out. I The comment that I liked a lot in, the, in, in his email was, the lesson I learned from your podcast is Moon Knight provides a lot of on-ramps and off-ramps. I still do not consider myself a devote acolyte of Khonshu, but willing to let folks like yourself guide me through volumes that may suit my interests. For me, mention Sienkiewicz run is the gold standard. However, you opened my eyes to the McKay era. So, Excellent. Really, really, really like that. Thank you, Mo. All right. So there we go. Thanks for, uh, thanks for writing in, folks. Appreciate that. Um, now what we want to do is talk about what we're going to do next. And so we've been working on this for a while and actually have looked at a number of different things we might want to do next. We have put out a call, had some folks send us some notes. One of the interesting thing is that Daredevil seemed to be a natural next step to a number of folks, including, I think, Dwayne. That was kind of your initial go-to when we started on this. Yeah. We also looked at, like, Doctor Strange, some other characters, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, the, the Daredevil idea, in fact, came very close to being what we did until we started looking around. And if any of you wanted us to do Daredevil, uh, you you have Joshua and Jamie to blame for the fact that we're not. Because there evidently were a couple of uh, couple of podcasters who two or three years ago actually did a format on Daredevil that we just found when, when we were searching to see what else was out there. That was very similar to the format we did on Moon Knight, where they would look at a few issues each week and kind of go through. They did abandon it after a couple of years uh, so it doesn't go all the way through, but uh, it seemed like we would be repeating some ground there. So started looking around a little bit, and we think we've come up with an idea that's going to be a lot of fun. So we started phases on January 4th, which was the first Tuesday of 2022. And now we're planning on, about a half year later, having completed our journey through Moon Knight, we're going to start up a new series entitled Comics Over Time on the first Wednesday of the half year, essentially, of July. So we're expanding out to take a larger look at the history of the MCU, along with some of the favorite comics that I've read over the years uh, that connect to those movies and shows. So we're going to get a chance for Dwayne to now get a little bit more of a window into all these different 
sort of stories. I know he's a little bit concerned about being parachuted into God knows how many ongoing comic books in, yeah. in a weekly basis. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to we're going to be looking at a lot of great stories, great artists and 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 writers, kind of from throughout the history of comics. Um, we're going to send out an update actually with more information on how to access this new podcast sometime in the next couple of weeks. Probably that'll be in the form of just an additional episode note that will come out and hit your podcast feed. So uh, don't don't unsubscribe yet from uh, from Phases of the Moon Knight. We'll still be sending out some stuff. Um, and we, as a note, we will be moving, as I said, from Tuesday to Wednesday. So first episodes that we're going to release are on July 5th. Dwayne, you want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing on July 5th? Yeah, so we're going to be actually looking at the next big MCU movie. Actually, it is it is the next big movie coming out July 8th is Thor Love and Thunder. So on Wednesday, July 5th, we're going to take a look at the Lady Thor run from 2015. So there is a a set of books that that you that you have picked out for us we're going to read them we're going to go through them we're going to talk about the story you know maybe how it might tie into the movie that, that that's about to be released and then the following week on wednesday july 12th we are actually going to do a review and talk about thor love and thunder the movie and and yep. that's what we're going to be doing going forward we're going to spend a week going over comics uh for a particular movie uh and then and then the following week we're going to do a we'll do a review of the movie or the or the TV show. So now, I'm going to start kind of in chronological order to begin with with a lot of the stuff from the MCU, but then sprinkling in some non-superhero comic movies and some movies from uh, from maybe some other sources as we go. So the second week will be Iron Man the first movie and we'll be looking at The Devil in a Bottle. Uh, series from I think it's Iron Man number 120 through 128 uh, from back in the day with David Michelini and uh, Bob Layton and a number of other artists uh, John Romano Jr. John Byrne all kind of did stuff in that era so gonna be a lot of fun a lot of interesting stuff really looking forward to it and uh, hope we will see you all there with us as we continue yeah I'm I'm very much looking forward to expanding out and seeing and being kind of almost reintroduced to the characters that I've seen in these movies and TV shows uh, mm -hmm. and see their their comic book origins so from that standpoint I'm really excited but yeah the getting parachuted in uh, to various things I, I, I hope I don't get too lost along the way <laughs> it'll be fine it's gonna be great yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our wrap-up episode for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We've had a lot of fun going through the history of Moon Knight with you, and we cannot thank you enough for your support. We hope you follow us as we continue our journey through the MCU and invite you to subscribe to Comics Over Time, our new podcast, so you will be queued up for our discussion on the Jane Foster run as Thor when it releases on July 5th. All right, well, that should wrap it up. Dwayne, it's been a pleasure. We will see you on the other side. 
at Comics Over Time in a few weeks. Yes, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you will definitely join us. And until then, take care, everybody. Help. See you later, folks. Hopefully talk to you again soon.